Hey guys, it's Rachel, and you're listening to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. As a warning, this podcast contains spoilers for The Legend of Korra. So how are you feeling? <laughs> you guys, I came in here upset already. Oh, my dog. <laughs> You guys are going to hear my dog whining again. I'm sorry. She's just very excited for some reason. I don't... We didn't have this problem the first time we recorded when my dogs were back, but recently it's been... She's very happy. She just wants love. Yeah. Should I open the door? I don't know. It's up to you. I don't care. Okay. She's quiet now. Watch. <laughs> She's going to start start whining again. Um. Okay. So as you guys know, um, we watch Korean dramas also. I'm not going to go into detail, but I was really upset with how some show ended. And then I watched Korra today right before we recorded. And I was really upset with how it ended, even though I knew it was going to end that way. So I'm just in like, I don't want to say a bad mood, but like when it comes to shows right now, I'm just not in a good place. You I know? wish I was like, filming been this. Satisfied. <laughs> I wish I was filming this because the emotion on your face is so real. I'm like, you guys, you don't even understand. <laughs> No, I'm sure you guys do. Um, but yeah. So Okay, so you're not happy. I'm not happy with the ending, but I will say that these episodes, I love how action-packed it was. It had me on the edge of my seat, so suspenseful. Like I th- this is why Okay, that was <laughs> that loud. loud. <laughs> um, these episodes were good. Not the ending, in my opinion, but the episodes, the action, everything was good for the most part. I don't know. I can once we start talking about stuff, I know I'm gonna start tearing stuff apart. So, <laughs> so um, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> the fact that we're both like, oh the amount, my gosh. <laughs> the amount of time we have spent complaining about this, the ending to this season in our life, amounts to, I don't. We could get a PhD in it at this point, honestly. <laughs> literally i do want to say that yes i actually think that overall the episodes are good taking out how i feel about the ending and by the ending i'm not talking about um cora and asami yeah that's a whole that's something else completely i'm talking about kuvira kuvira yeah so we'll get to that when we get to it but i do want to say that aside from that these are great these are 10 out of 10 episodes fantastic amazing Mm. fight choreography all the animation looks so great it's so suspenseful the music is on point it has all of the drama all the emotions everything that you could ask for for a finale Mm -hmm. it has it so i loved that about it and i was on the edge of my seat even though i've seen this before i was still on the edge of my seat as i was watching it again so i think that we just look at that aspect of it fantastic but as we work our way through these episodes and we get to the end, you'll see where our frustrations come from. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the way they attack this mecha is Milo comes through. They had to do it. They they knew that Milo was crap up until now, so they had to find a way to redeem him <laughs> with paint balloons. I'm just wondering, like, Milo. You're letting Milo take charge. Which I guess, like... If you guys can fly with paint balloons why don't you fly with like napalm or something like not that napalm would do a whole lot but i mean like some like an explosive like c4 or something yeah you could have done some real damage instead of paint balloons which just didn't even really work (laughs) this is my other thing too like how did kubira know that she 
like how did they know to install windshield wipers? Dude, oh, that was killing me. It wasn't just was windshield dying. wipers. It had like she had the whole spray and everything. <laughs> like, boom. And I was just like, dang. Like when a bird poops on your window. She was just thinking about the birds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, I'm prepared for this. I was la- I was dying laughing. I was just like, what? I did not remember this part. I yeah, I didn't either. Another thing I didn't remember until this episode was I didn't remember that they couldn't bend platinum. <laughs> I almost said plutonium, and I'm like, say- yeah, they're not bending any plutonium, because <laughs> that would be interesting. Okay, I want a plutonium bender. Um, <laughs> platinum, which, why is it that they can't bend platinum? Is that ever explained? I don't remember. I don't ever remember it being explained. That's- I just went along with it. I was just like, yeah, totally. They can't bend, they can't bend platinum. And there's just enough platinum to build the outside of this giant thing, but they couldn't bend through the platinum, so they couldn't bend anything. So if, if it's something is encased in platinum, you can't bend on the other side of it. It's like lead to Clark Kent's x-ray vision. Mm-hmm. Wait, can Clark Kent see through lead? <laughs> can he? I don't know. Where's our Superman expert at? Okay, we need to know. Text Jared real quick. <laughs> Be like, hey, quick question. Um, can we bring you on the podcast real quick for your, <laughs> for your um, expertise? Get down here real quick. We've got a Superman question. Um... Oh, Yachi. Um, Yachi watched this episode with me, by the way. Really? Yeah, she she loved it. Um, I think it was the dubstep cannon she really liked. Which, speaking of the dubstep cannon, it went off a lot and a lot of people died. Like, if that city wasn't completely evacuated, the amount of death in this episode again. How that city was still standing at the end of the episode. Shouldn't have been. Either episode. It, it is annihilated. Like, there's no way there's a, there's a building standing. And that, oh my gosh. Kuvira just like in general, it's like she has her her sights focused on one thing and she's she's willing to kill kids, families, just knock out any building regardless. Obviously, she's willing to kill Batar Jr., her fiance. But I'm just like in awe because I don't remember her being this vicious. It's been a while since I've watched it. And I remember her obviously being violent, but I don't remember it this intensely. Like she even just the they did a really good job, I think even with her emotions on her face of like yeah she's so dedicated to her cause she's gonna do anything i actually had a note that said um that mentioned kuvira and how you can see as the, the fight goes on you see her kind of becoming more unhinged and a little more rattled yeah and of course we've said it a million times but zelda williams oh my gosh totally makes the character i could not imagine anyone else voicing I, her i couldn't either it, they like nailed it with her Absolutely. perfect yep perfection absolutely um what else did we just say here okay that kind of answered itself so <laughs> there's so many little things okay this was the best line though i'm afraid there aren't there are no more things to do when varick told uh, julie do the thing yes. and that was great that was yes. great writing right there yes it was i had that written down um also another thing that was really impressive um that i think they did a great job showing because it's animated we want to see we don't want to have to be told mm-hmm. which is was one of my complaints earlier when I first joined the podcast, that they were telling us too much about Kuvera. Like, I was being told through the characters that Kuvera was bad. I wasn't being shown it. Now they're showing it, but that's not my point. Um, was Sue and Lynn working together as good as they did? Like, that, they've had this whole arc of their family that's been going on for a while now and fixing it and repairing it. And now you can see that sisterhood mm-hmm. right in our face. Like, they're working together as good as Mako and Bolin do. They, it, they don't even need to communicate. They just, like, know what needs to be done, do it, and help each other out without even having to say a word. Yeah, yeah it is exactly like Mako and Bolin. They just do what they need to do, and they, de- like, it's like that sibling um, 
telepathy kind of thing, you know? Like, they don't even need to say anything and things just get done. Which is cool because, like you were saying, season three, they hate each other. We didn't even know Lynn had a sister for a while, you know? And so to see them come this far is impressive. I agree. My dogs. (laughs) Um, They're eager to talk about the episode, They love it. Um, Asami's dad. Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that whole, like, five, ten minutes that we, we see him... It's just like, okay, cool. He's coming back. I forgot he died. Me but too. I mean, like, Asami <laughs> gets, she forgives her dad. They get to have a bonding moment for like, what, 10 seconds? And, and then, then he, he, and then he dies. Yeah. And, and he's like, like by very Asami. violently and on I screen. I felt like it was a really unnecessary death. Like, I felt like he could have been saved. But obviously, they were just like, you know what? Just kill him off. It's fine. It's annoying because he's the perfect character for a redemption arc. Oh, he's yeah. the character who you redeem. Not Kuvira. Yeah. And that is what pissed us off so much about this ending. And we're going to really get into it in a second. I'm trying to avoid it. I'm I trying know, to like too. work that's my way to it. <laughs> Same. Because I know once we get into it, we're, we're that's not, all we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it's not This is going to be a hell of an episode. Um, You know, this is my thing with, um, with her dad. He was, we liked him, but then he turned out evil in season one. But his, his reasoning for being evil... Not that being evil is ever justified, but it made sense. Like, you could understand where he was coming yeah. from. There was a great basis for it. So even though he it took his evil grief, just to be evil. Yeah, exactly. Which I've complained about so many times in this show. And that's the thing that made him such a compelling villain was that you could find sympathy. You could have sympathy for him, even though he took his grief and did the wrong thing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a mistake all of us can make. You Absolutely. Know? It was very it's, human. Yeah, exactly. But... We kind of, you know, you see him throughout the, you see Asami earlier in the season trying to make amends with him and talk with him. So it's like we get previews of him and his, and and his redeeming qualities start to come out. So it's like it builds up to that and then he just dies. Whereas Kuvira is, there's no redeeming quality or anything for, for us to feel sympathy for her, you know? And then in the end, it's just like all forgiven kind of thing. And that's, yeah, if, if anyone deserved a redemption arc, it was Asami's dad. Out of, every, out of I think, everyone in mm-hmm. this in this uh, series, for sure. But Kuvira, Kuvira, to me, had reached the point where she, okay, this is my thing with Kuvira, and I've talked about this before. It's obvious they're trying to make her Earth Hitler. Mm-hmm. That's obviously what they're trying to do. That's why they had the re-education camps, which are obviously concentration camps. It's why it's this whole, like, we're taking back what's ours, which was kind of like a Hitler move that he did, um, you know, in response to what had happened to Germany after World War One. It's very clear that that's what they're going for, but <sighs> Hitler is not redeemable. Nobody on the planet who's right in their mind is going to tell you that we should have sat down and talked with Hitler and, and, redeem, and let him redeem himself. No, we're glad no, he's I, dead. Yeah, yeah. And if you're going to kill him at any opportunity you would have had. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And to paint Kuvira as someone who's like Hitler, and then on top of that is also becoming unhinged the way Hitler did. Not that Hitler was ever hinged, but I mean, like, losing any sense of rationale at all, you know, getting getting to desperation. Yeah. We watched Kuvira reach desperation in these two episodes. She, to me, was at the point where it was, like, either victory or death. Either she was going to go out swinging or she was going to come out winning. It was one of those two things. And for her to just 
I don't even know what they were thinking having this massive buildup. This is worse than the ending with Ozai. Like, a hundred times worse than the ending with Ozai. Because mm-hmm. the ass pole here isn't even magical. The ass pole is that Korra just had to talk to her. Korra tried that. Korra tried talking to her. And Kuvira suddenly can see the light because, well, you're just more powerful than me. What? No, you literally were at the point where you you were killing Vitara Jr. And you were so freaking nuts that to me there was no no way in hell she was gonna stop she even went and activated the fucking spirit gun cannon thing little dubstep cannon that was hanging in the vines and was willing to just blow the fuck out of everything the only time that she ever had any sense of not being that person was right before Korra saved her and she had this like oh shit I'm gonna die which is realistic like everyone's gonna have that moment where oh god I could die and maybe that was her enlightening moment but how do you again I, it doesn't make it's just bad writing it's just bad i uh, could not agree more i that was the most just infuriating part of this episode was watching her get slowly unhinged and more dedicated and more violent and more like full on for her cause where it's like you said she was either gonna win or she was gonna die that's the way they they portrayed it. So you're like, it, it made it scary because you're like, either she's going to win or she's going to die, you know? And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, Cora can relate to me. She understands me. That's all I needed. I'm so sorry to everyone. And when the, the only thing, oh, everyone else's reaction was just like, okay, whatever. Like, this is normal. And, uh... Sue was the only one that was like, you're going to pay for everything that you've done. And I'm like, absolutely. You are the only one with your head on your shoulders right now. Because she didn't take her apology. She wasn't like, oh, we're just going to let this pass. It was like, no, I'm going to make sure you you have to pay for what you've done. There are consequences Mm -hmm. to your actions. And Cora was just like, oh, well, I understand you. I relate to you. So I know why you did this. It doesn't matter if you can relate to someone. If you're willing to do this. They need, there needs to be punishment. There Absolutely. needs to be something done. You should have killed her. You should have killed her. No one would have been upset if Kuvira died. No. no I would one. have been satisfied. I would have been like, you know what? She deserved it. Mm-hmm. And I would have felt happy because that means Kuvira would have done what she was willing to do. Like, she she would have been like, you know what? This is as far as I was willing to take it. You know? It would have been in character. Yeah. For her to suddenly stop and for, yeah, exactly the whole thing. I even forgot. I was so pissed that I forgot that was the thing that turned her around was that she and Cora related. No, they didn't. Not, not like Cora being like, you just need power. You feel powerless. So you want power over You're people. You're an orphan. So You're that's orphan. why you killed this entire city and. and you've murdered you, thousands you, of people. Exactly. And displaced millions more. And you're literally Hitler. But because you were an orphan. No, that doesn't. That's not. That. That doesn't justify anything that Kuvira did. You don't write a character like Kuvira and then do a 180 in less than 30 seconds. There's no way that conversation was more than a minute. If it was, it was the shortest minute of my life. I, I'm i just so frustrated because it is another example of being like... And there, I get there's a lot of people that are always like, well, it didn't go the way you wanted it, so that doesn't mean it's bad writing. Okay, fair. But it is bad writing if someone's suddenly out of character. Yeah. This was, it was bad writing. Yeah, 100%. 100% bad writing. It is, she just, all of a sudden, like you said, does a complete 180, totally out of character. It's just like, well, the Avatar is more powerful. I will never reach her power. What? Okay. So you give up? 
You were even, literally you just even have your troops there that are still like let go over. You still could have went on. She still could have. Yeah, fought. she could have been like shoot both of us. Yeah, exactly. Do it. And then you know that who knows what could have happened. That would have could have upset the power balance, and maybe that would have been what they needed. You know, the troops, Kuvir troops, could have been motivated knowing that she had sacrificed herself for the cause. For the cause, yeah. And then suddenly they're able to take over Republic City. Yeah. But no, instead she's like, oh, then a new Stand Avatar would have been born, and then a whole new series would it would have actually been it great. Been it awesome. It would have been that that new Avatar would have been born in this era of this Hitler esque empire. And how they would have adapted to that, and how they would have gotten through it, and what what would they have been? They An would have been Earth Bender. They would have been. Oh Earth. my, Jackie, we need to write this. We need to write this. This is too good. Yeah, honestly, there's so many other options they would have had. And this is the thing: is as sad as it would see, just it would be to see Cora die. Tenzin even tells her, "You've accomplished more in the last few years than some avatars do in their entire lifetime." So she's already, and she has, she's already done so much that. It's like sacrifice her for the for the better of, of our entertainment. Our entertainment. <laughs> That's terrible. It is, but I mean that would have made more sense than the, than just the, the ass pull with. of her just stop, just giving up. Yeah. Don't write your character to be so gung ho to be at that. And we both had the same feelings about Kuvera's character that she was not going to stop. It was victory or death. And for her to, and this is the thing is we don't watch these, we don't sit down side by side and watch these episodes. We watch these episodes apart yeah. and then we come together and talk about them. Uh, we even have to resist talking about it before we record because we know that we'll let everything out yeah. before we're recording. So we hold it in until the mics are on to talk about this. So so it's not like we've influenced each other's opinion on this. Yeah. This is two independent thinkers sitting down watching this and being like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So... I don't, it's just disappointing because it could have been such a great season, but looking back now, because I had always hyped this season up with the knowledge that I didn't like the ending. The mm -hmm. ending being yeah. the stuff with Kuvira. We'll talk Same. about Korra and Asami in a second. Um, but now to go back and rewatch it, and I'm just like let down. I was let down by the heavy-handed dialogue in the beginning around Kuvira. Kuvira is literally Hitler is more or less what Tenzin said like 10 freaking times. Um, and then just some of the clunky writing with the kids that we didn't need and the weird, awkward pacing. I didn't like the fact the team was never the team. Not, not, the, not one, this was the only time that we could have had the fearsome foursome again, but it didn't even really happen because they had to put everyone else in the battle in order for them to win. So the chemistry that I love so much and we've talked about in previous episodes wasn't even really present at all this season, which is disappointing because everyone was kind of off doing their own thing. Even when they got together, it felt so disconnected. Honestly, the only, not, I don't want to say the only because there were some other good episodes this season, but the best episode by far was 12, was the one, part one. By far the best. Oh, yeah. So much action. You feel the suspense. Yep. Kuvira hasn't turned yet, and it's just like, man, this is this is what I've been waiting for. But watching, like you were saying, watching season four back, I used to worship this season. I used to be like, man, this is so good. And now I'm just like, this is on the bottom list for me. I'm not, I would put, well, I mean, I'm a fan of season two, but I would put two above this, honestly, because this season was just not... It was not it for me. Season three is still a solid season. Season one, I love... Season one is what captured my attention for Korra in the first place and you get you get team avatar and you get what we've been wanting and it's just like ugh. the season was just unsatisfying for me my dog doesn't like this season either she's out there running she's like I agree um 
Yeah, baby. Um, it's unfortunate because Kuvira is a great villain. Her motivation is very human. Um, her downfall, both her uh, her rise and her downfall, are very human. We can see mirrors of it in history and maybe even today in p- the political realm. So that's very fascinating, and it's just unfortunate that they did that massive cop out because. They wanted some sort of lesson, I guess. Like, we gotta have a moral. Yeah, the moral is that you kill Hitler. That's the moral. Yeah. The, that was my complaint with the with what happened with Ozai, too. There doesn't have to be a moral. There doesn't have to be a cop-out. So This is gonna be a rant about season three now. So, like, my... Uh, or book, two, book three of um, Avatar. My whole complaint with that was... It was a great opportunity to show people that sometimes you do reach a point in your life where you have to make, for the betterment of yourself and the people around you, you have to make a decision that you do not want to make. That is a sacrifice that you make. And to give Aang a cop-out really bothered me. Because Ozai didn't deserve a cop-out. There was no reason for him to, to, to be alive. Yeah. The, he committed genocide. You don't, genocide, genocidal people don't have to live, guys. Like, that's just the way it is. Hitler did not have to live. But they did that cop-out because they didn't want to write the hard truth that at some point in your life, you are going to have to make the most difficult decision, and it's going to be a decision that no matter what you choose is going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And how do you draw strength from within and overcome that while pushing through that decision and hopefully with the support of your friends and your family? That could have been a great lesson while still being like, we don't tolerate evil. We yeah. don't tolerate genocide. And doing what's best for everyone around you. Exactly. It's not, it's not just about you. You're not just like, yeah, of course it's going to feel horrible if you have to kill someone and you're not a murderer. Like, yeah. yeah. But what's best for everyone else, especially as the Avatar, what's best for the world, which you bring balance to. Yeah. By keeping these people alive, you're not bringing balance. You're just, it's just a cop out. You just yeah. don't want to kill someone. Exactly. Even though these people are willing to kill thousands and thousands of people for their cause, which Ozai's cause didn't even make sense. Yeah, exactly. Like, it did, there was, he no, was just doing no logic. What the family had been doing this whole time. Literally evil for the sake of evil. Yeah. No basis at all. And then it's the same, not the same thing with Kuvira, but with Kuvira being the villain, why did they have to kill Osami's dad? Why was yeah. it from, from, like, what is your logic perspective? What is the lesson with killing Osami's dad but keeping Kuvira alive? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Osami forgave her dad. So what, I have to forgive Kuvira for killing potentially... Th- Tens of thousands yeah. of people? When Asami's dad did not do that much damage yeah. compared to Kavira. Like, yeah. really did not. Like, they both have done horrible things. Yes. Completely different scales, completely different reasoning. And guess what? Evil isn't necessarily black and white the way we want it to be uh, like in cartoons that's what made ozai such a terrible villain and what makes asami's dad and kuvira more compelling villains is that there is that human element to it and you ruin it when you do cop-outs like that it just i'm just frustrated yeah me too well and the thing is not that no and i guess let me just say something real quick sorry to interrupt you um you're (laughs) you're on a roll right now (laughs) it's not that like i want to sit here and tell the listeners that you have to go kill bad people that's not your responsibility to take. Yeah. It's a freaking cartoon show, but it is someone's responsibility to kill Hitler. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was Hitler's responsibility in the end, but why didn't Kavira do that? Just freaking off herself. Yeah. Just like what happened with Amon. That's what I'm saying is it's like, they're not afraid to kill people. Obviously, we saw the Earth, the Earth Queen die. We saw um, Amon and his brother, Tarlock, die. We saw, we've seen so many deaths in this series that it's like, okay, well, it's not like Avatar where they're t- it's it's aimed towards younger kids and they're really not trying to show that stuff, okay? Like, that's more un- uh, an understandable 
situation. But this is made for teens, you know, and they've obviously killed off multiple people. So why couldn't you do that with Corey? You can't use that as an excuse. You can't use, oh, well, we were just trying to make it more kid friendly because that's not an excuse. And so that's just what that's what makes it more frustrating. There's nothing that they could say that would be like, oh, you know, we were just trying to keep it friendly. Like, no, you just, I don't even know what, I don't even know. I, I guess they just, just, like, I'm telling you, they, they think there was some sort of lesson there that, you know, you, as long as you sit down and talk and talk it out. You can't. When people have already made up their mind and they've gone as far as Kuvir had gone, like, especially in her mind, because to us, they made it very clear there was no turning back. Yeah, like we talked about in the last episode, I think it was last episode, when she killed Batar Jr., to us as viewers, that was her moment where she said, okay, my future is my dream, which is no longer connected to any human being. It is connected to this vision that I have for my people. And at that point, that is the point of no return in my mind. Otherwise, why the fuck would you, excuse my language, <laughs> would you write it? I'll put it as an, um, <laughs> I'll make sure to put that it's not a clean episode. Why would you, <laughs> do you want to start over? No, <laughs> just carry on. Because this is, you're, you're just letting our frustrations out. Why would you write it so well to where I truly felt, at least I felt like, I guess, I don't know, that I was feeling what Kuvira was feeling in that moment, the way they animated it, the way that they wrote it, the way Zelda Williams acted it. That is a, it's not, it was not a mistake for us to feel like Kuvira loved Batar Jr. And that was a difficult choice that she had to make. And I refuse to believe that if she's willing to kill Batar Jr., whom they've convinced, I've been convinced that she actually had feelings for him. She's willing to kill him, but all Korra has to do is be like, I understand where you're coming from. And she's like, oh my god, if only someone would have told me that before. Yeah, because think about it. Although he survived that, like they all survived that shot, she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that he survived. So it's not like she could even justify it and be like, well, he's, uh, I can still like go be with him or, you know, and by this point he's like, forget her. She's willing to kill me. Yeah, she's fucking crazy. (laughs) But yeah, like there's, she, at this point, she doesn't know who's alive and who isn't because she's killed everyone. You know, she's just willingly, yeah, I, this ending will just never be okay with me. Yeah, there's, I just can't, there's just no way for it to, I mean, if, if you are listening to this and you loved this ending and you thought it was perfect, seriously, send me a message. Absolutely. I would love, or make a YouTube video or make a, your own Comment podcast on, or whatever. on something, yeah. send us a message on Instagram because, yeah, I'm really curious because we, I don't know, I just want to hear other people's perspectives yeah. on it. And like we're we said, I mean, this is our opinion and you may think that this is the most amazing ending. And if it is, we want to know why, because maybe there's stuff we're not seeing that you are, you know, like that's the thing about it. I'm just, I'm curious to see what, if other people feel the same way we do, or if we're just the crazy ones, although I don't feel crazy. Moving on to (laughs) Korra and Asami. So this was the big, this was such a controversy and I don't remember, you know, it's funny as I watched this with my dad. Um, and it, you know, it was interesting watching this. I was talking to my mom today. So for the listeners out there, my dad passed away this year and we were talking about Korra and how great of a show it is and, and the last Airbender franchise in general and how it's just great for all ages. And it's funny because as I was watching this episode, I remember watching this season finale with my dad and my dad's impression of Korra and Asami was that they were really good friends. 
Yes. And then it's and it's funny because I haven't seen this season in so long, but you know, with my dad passing away, my memories with him are a lot more fresh. And so I was thinking as I was starting this episode, I wonder if my dad was just like delusional. Because of course it, it came out that Cora and Asami are a couple. Fantastic, good for them. So as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, did they kiss or something? Like there must have been something yeah. I gave it away. No, they just hold hands and look into each other's eyes. That can be completely platonic. Especially for girls. Yeah. Especially, for, I thought the same thing. I was like, so what was it about this, like, ending that made everyone, not everyone, but people upset about them being together, you know? Because that was a huge deal. And I, I just even when they were first interacting and Asami's like, I want to go on a vacation. She's like, yeah. And then they go. And I'm thinking, like, this whole interaction is, like, interaction I'd have with a best friend. Yeah, exactly. There's like, nothing. Like, yeah, let's go on a vacation together. Let's go to the spirit world. You know, and to me, holding hands in this in in there is like, oh, we have to make sure we get yeah, there, there at the was same nothing, time. I don't know, nothing. like there was nothing sexual about it. There at wasn't. All. No, not at there all. was no nothing romantic. No, no physical attraction. To me, it felt very platonic. Like they have grown to become best friends, and yeah. I think that's awesome. And, and, it, and I don't have a problem. Clear. I'm gonna clarify. I don't give a shit that they ended up yes, together as a couple. I was gonna say the same thing. I don't I, fucking care. Excuse my language. Oh my god. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but. The fact that it was such a controversy, and it's interesting because the controversy, there was two sides to the controversy. One side was that people were actually upset that they ended up being together as a couple because they felt like their impression of it was that representation was being forced on them somehow. Yeah. And then the other side of the controversy was that it wasn't clear enough because Brian had to come out later and say, oh yeah, they're together as a couple. Well, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, same. I had no idea, and then it wasn't until he came out and said something, because, yeah, that to me was very platonic. There was yeah. nothing sexual or romantic about any yeah, of it. Yeah, like, if they, obviously, if they would have kissed at the end, or, or, like, even if they leaned in and they didn't really show a kiss, because I feel like they're, I don't, I don't know what they were trying to, to do there, but it wasn't obvious, then it would have been, like, oh, yeah, okay, they're a couple, that's what they're trying to say. But the way they did it was very platonic, very, like, oh, they're best friends. And when you're best friends with another girl, you're close. Like, you guys pee together, you dress together, you do, like, that's just normal stuff. Mm -hmm. So, for them to go on a trip together and do that and hold hands isn't, like, weird. Yeah, and I can't stress this enough. Something that is super underrepresented, (laughs) I sound like I'm making some sort of a speech here but what's something that's really underrepresented represented in whatever stuff that's not shown much in media is platonic relationships and platonic love Mm -hmm. so i think maybe that's one of the reasons why people automatically there was one side that was like oh my gosh that's super lesbian because they've never experienced platonic love or been shown it in any way so they don't know how intense it can be Mm -hmm. and that to me was what that was. I didn't get there's a it's a completely different vibe from romance. Mm-hmm. And they've done ro- plenty of romances in this freaking show. So I don't I the only thing I can think of is maybe they were concerned about censors. Yeah. Because at that time there really was not any cuz I don't think like Steven Universe had done its I don't think so either. No or like cuz when when did this air? Was it 2014? When did the last season I think uh, either way, when it did, it still wasn't like, I don't think it was very, I mean, we've all, just think about how far like representation has come for the LGBTQ community just since then, you know? Yeah. 
And so I think at that point, they also, there because there was such a controversy with it, which is sad, but the fact yeah, that- Yeah, seriously, the, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I get, that's the thing. I think that's the thing we're trying to say is like, we're all for them being together, but they didn't convey that. Yeah, right exactly. Way, you know? That's so what it's we're like, saying. It's not like we're like, oh no, we don't want them to be together. I could care less. Like, I'm happy they're together. Yeah. But obviously, Mako didn't work out. So, <laughs> yeah, right. But just the way I wish they would have made it more obvious for us, you know? But yeah, like you're saying, it, I, I could totally see them not doing that because they didn't want to be attacked by people who weren't for that, you know? Which nowadays, if you do something like that, you're going to get a lot more acceptance than you would even a few years ago. Yeah, so, um, yeah, but Korra and Asami, um, there, of course, there's comics that kind of explore their relationship, which is exciting, um, because obviously they didn't have the chance to do that. Um, and I did like the fact that they ended it so open that, um, they're going to the spirit world, so all kinds of things could happen. We're yeah. in this rebuild has to happen. I mean, the entire world, again, is pretty much... If you hear squeaking, it's my dog. She discovered a squeaky toy and a her basket. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I do like that they ended it open like that. The only thing, and it sucks, that the only thing that ruined it was Kuvera. Yeah. When yeah. she was such a cool thing before. Like, uh, she was a great villain. She's a great character. Um, and for it to kind of come tumbling down is unfortunate. Um, yeah, I agree. This could have been so good i don't even want i even if it ended the way i wanted it to i don't think it would have been a 10 out of 10 season for me i mean the ending definitely would have been but the season itself like you're saying the pacing the awkward interactions and like episodes in general just it's just weird it was just i it, it was a lot it was so uh like what's the word i'm looking for not it didn't flow well you know yeah like there was we got like remembrances and then we had episodes about the kids and it was just all over the place there was no steady like flow to it it was all over and there was episodes that were really good and then episodes that were really bad and it it wasn't just solid all the way through you know which is what i was wanting um but i mean and i get every season is always going to have episodes you don't like but there was a lot of episodes. <laughs> I feel bad because I came onto this podcast in time to talk about this season. So, <laughs> um, but I do, it, yeah, I definitely have mixed feelings at the end of the day about the season overall because it was such a mixed bag. Like, I kind of don't have a choice. Yeah, definitely the, so the, well, of course we're reviewing two episodes here for the finale and the first episode that's part of this finale is so good. The Amazing. Fight, the fight between Korra and Kuvira is one of the best fights in this franchise. I honestly can't think of one better off the top of my head. Yeah. That's how good that is. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate how it ended. And I'm glad that, you know, that we complained about the mechs and the giant mech is so lame and blah, blah, blah. But the fact that they were able to have that giant mech but still have so much just awesome fighting like the oh, way the way yeah. we love the fighting you know and you had of course Mako and Bolin had a fight that, were, that was going on you had the sister side of fight uh Sue and Lin and then you had Korra fighting Kuvira and just it was just so much going on and it and it was so suspenseful yeah. action-packed it was yeah it's everything we love about the Avatar universe mm -hmm. you know I yeah episode 12 was for me the best episode in this season. It was Hands so, Hands so good. I don't, I can't even say any, I can't complain about anything. There's in that nothing bad. Because it was so good. Yeah. And which is rare because <laughs> we tear every episode apart, but that one could not say anything bad about. I loved it. I love what they did. And I would have loved the other one if it would have ended with Kuvira dying. <laughs> <That> <laughs> wow, sounds, that's savage. That sounds bad, but 
you know. Yeah, I, I'm 100% agreement. I mean, it's just, I think about what I would do as a writer with Kuvera, and I just, you don't have a choice. You either just beat her until she's unconscious and drag her unconscious body to jail, or you kill her, or she kills herself, or something. I mean, there's just, for her to be able to walk away. <laughs> and apologize. And apologize. And no one to, like, my first instinct, if, if that, if I was one of them, my first instinct would be if, Korra comes out of the spirit world and she's got Kuvira and Kuvira's walking would be to beat the crap out of Kuvira. Yeah. And I'm not, this is the thing is I sound very violent. I am a cinnamon roll, too sweet for this world, too pure. I do not throw punches. I do not fight, but you punch Nazis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That simple. We're yeah. not, we're not telling, don't go commit acts of violence. Please, if you're listening to this, do not commit acts of violence. Yeah, don't go around punching people. Don't please. do that. But if you're Korra... But you're not. So please understand that it's not real life. <laughs> you can totally Do not punch take anything we're saying seriously. Please. We're talking about a cartoon show. So yes. it's not that serious. Don't take it that seriously. Don't go punch people. <laughs> we're all over like, yeah, I'd kill her. Ah. We're like, die. Yeah. Then we're like, never mind. Please do not do anything like this. This Dude. is a teen rated podcast. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. Is advised. <laughs> But we're done yeah. with season four. We're we done did. with Cora. Holy, well, yeah, I mean, I just well, started. Well, you joined so, the last nah. season. Thanks, Isaac, for taking care of the heavy <laughs> workload for me until I could show up. Um, and I think after this, we may do comics, right? Is that what we're talking about? I don't know. Yeah. We have other, we, so we haven't really said anything, but we have some other stuff planned too. So there will be a break after this episode with us. We're going to like do some stuff and secret stuff for now. And then, um, not that it's, it's going to make it sound like we're doing something so cool. We're not. We're not. But we we're do not have cool. stuff going on. We do. So, um, we'll be some other projects. on that. And then probably working out what we're going to be doing next, which is probably... I think comics. Comics. Because we could do comics or like the Kyoshi book. But I kind of really like the idea of doing comics. Yeah. Because well, I, I have most read... of the comics too. Oh, do you? I haven't read them in a long time. I've, well, I, I haven't either. Um, I don't remember how far I even read originally and i know there's a whole bunch that i haven't so it'd be new it'd be new material for me so that would be I a lot of fun i haven't read any cora comics i have so re- i have re- <laughs> that's right you you've read what the first two <laughs> maybe a little more than that i i can I, yeah I, yeah okay i haven't read any i've read all of well so so far unless they've released new ones well they have like the little standalone ones with toff and oh Suki yeah and yeah those, yeah but like the ones about the whole gang i've read but it's been a while so yeah i think we're gonna do comics next let's do which comics. should be fun yeah because then we get to read instead of uh watch yeah watching is hard watching reading is easier <laughs> watching is just like you can't turn away you know yeah. actually you can on certain episodes but like, remembrances yes <sighs> that one to be exact um yeah um so stay tuned we're gonna have stuff we'll be we'll have a break i don't know really how long our break's gonna last i don't we have so much to figure out yeah and the holiday season's coming up and so it's just like just know we will be back we will we're gone for like a year just kidding no we're not okay beach city crows did that (laughs) (laughs) we're not gonna be gone for that long but we're just gonna work stuff out and um and we do have some other projects so and i have giveaways coming up i've had stuff saved i didn't know oh my gosh i went to uh we went we took chloe to build a bear for her birthday to get an elsa bear and they have a new store in the mall called box lunch which i've been online it's like 
I think they're part. They're, it's just like Hot Topic, but they sell like separate stuff. Like oh, same okay. stuff, but yeah. similar. And they had a whole avatar section, but they wanted like 60 bucks for uh, a freaking like backpack and other stuff. And I was like, no thanks. And I looked over and there's a whole clearance section and it was all avatar. And I got an avatar crock pot for $10. Crock pot? Crock pot. And I got a Cora, which I might give this away. It's like a little pouch with mini pouches inside for $10 too. Then I got Chloe because they didn't have it my size. Got her two shirts. One of them has Zuko on it, and then one says, um, what's it? Iroh's Tea Shop. What's it called? Jasmine? The Jasmine Dragon. Yeah. I have a shirt for her that I'm going to force her to wear. <laughs> You're like, take the Elsa dress but off. But I got a bunch of, I, I think I spent $30 for all of that stuff. I oh, got wow. two shirts. A, a crock little, pot. A crock pot. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. And then I have some other stuff I've just saved for giveaways, like pop figures and stuff. So... There will be some stuff and action happening on our Instagram, even if we're not releasing episodes for the time being. So, yes. Well, it's been fun. It has been fun. This sounds kind of really sad. Like, we're like, goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. No, Goodbye just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. We will be back. We do have other projects. We're not going anywhere. We're not. We're still here. And And even if we aren't necessarily working on Avatar, we have other, like Jack said, other projects. So, So you will be hearing our annoying voices again somewhere. Yes. We'll be around. We're we'll, always around. We're, yeah. You can find us anywhere. That's really That's creepy. creepy. What's that? It's, it's perfect for this time of year. Why do I, wait, why do I feel like, how's it go? I always feel like somebody's watching, watching me. I just ruined your great singing with no, my like, that was not good. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you want to be a critic about it. Jackie's like, let me tear that apart. You were a little off key. No. Yeah um <laughs> anyways so we uh we will be missing you guys and yeah but we're just now we're doing mm, stuff yes. we hope that you all have a great holiday season yes please. and enjoy be safe please be don't safe. get sick wear don't. your masks yep. you know be safe do what you need to do yeah brush your teeth brush your teeth please okay all right bye bye <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar and on Facebook at Non-Essential Media. We appreciate all your support and look forward to making more content for you.